0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, we're joined for the entire episode by former Sens defenseman and 16-time recurring LOSB guest, it's Mark Mathot. Meth breaks down last night's loss, gets into
0: different methods that Sens players could be held accountable, and the importance of Saturday's game up against the Flames.
1: The Sweden trip looms large. We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every
0: Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators
1: Podcast. Welcome inside episode 914 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow the show on social media. We're at Sen Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators. On Instagram, the show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, where a like, subscription, and comment go a long way out of 10. How important is tomorrow's game? Mess says 10. I'm calling it a must win. Let us know how you feel going into the game against Calgary. Today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical jace medical and the jace case empower yourself when you purchase a jace case which provides you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 and more infections get yours today at jace that's j-a-s-e medical.com today is friday november 10th and Pillsy, happy four year anniversary brother yeah
0: it's uh I can't decide whether it feels like we've been doing this forever or whether we just started yesterday, but the Locked On Senators podcast has been ingrained into my day-to-day life since 2019, and I feel very blessed that I'm able to do this as, as a job, and I couldn't do it without you, buddy, and I couldn't do it without everyone watching and or listening right now. You
1: guys are the best. 914th episode today plus 153 postcasts another one tomorrow night and over 3.2 million total views and downloads many of which coming in the last 12 months since we started the podcast the senators are the 24th best team in the national hockey league when sorted by points percentage 119 wins in 287 games but pilsey perhaps the most important is the next one. How are you feeling heading into the game against Calgary tomorrow night?
0: Well, Ross, if you would have asked me a couple days ago. I think I would have said I'm feeling good because the Calgary Flames are a team much like their Alberta partners that were spiraling downward. But this is a team that's coming off a couple wins. I believe they're on a two-game win streak. They're up against the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, a team that the Ottawa Senators just beat 6-3. And it looks like the Ottawa Senators may end up playing up against Wolf for uh, the second half of the flames back to back as Valdar is likely to get the start in Toronto tonight. And that makes me nervous because anytime players are fresh into their NHL careers, they seem to feast on the Ottawa centers. So if we're asking nervous, excited, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous, Ross, because if this is a loss, this team's stewing on back to back losses and they have four days until their game in Sweden. And, You just need this win for a morale boost. At the very least, Ross, and this is ultimate, ultimate loser talk. You need the loser point.
1: And here to give us the former player's perspective is now 16-time recurring guest, 13 year NHL veteran and forever a Memorial Cup champion. It's Mark Mathot. Math, how are you doing today, brother? Great to see you on TV last night on TSN. You're on Overdrive yesterday. We always appreciate you jumping on with us. What's it like? You're you're all the way back into the fire in the media game now. How many years is it? 2, 3?
2: I think this is my is this my third? I, um, so. I believe it's my third. Yeah. So um, it all started with the world championships. They just basically threw me into the fire there. Um, if you can cover world championships as an yeah. analyst, you can do anything. I mean, you're watching two games at the same time, completely foreign players. Like you you're, you don't know any of the guys. Um, so that was like a crash course for me. And now it's getting a little easier. I find the challenge for me right now being remotely, like like doing it remote in Ottawa when we're doing it from Toronto with the studio it's hard because I can't like break down plays the way I normally would like to, you know what I mean? But they're, we're going to be introducing a, a Telestrator soon. I've, I've got the app, I've been working on it, and I think we're going to start incorporating that into the show. So it'll be a better product once I get used to using it.
1: You think you'll be better at using that than FanDuel?
2: <laughs> oh my God. You know, it's funny though. Um, so I've done two FanDuel segments so far and I've hit uh, two for three in the last two. Like like yesterday, for example, yeah. I got the money line right. I got the over on the goals. But I was more like, so we were kind of joking before the show because I went with Tim Stutzla as an anytime goal scorer. But like MJ, for example, is all about padding his stats, right? So MJ will go with like a shot count. Like he goes with the chalky picks, right? Yeah. Uh, and MJ's brilliant, super smart guy. Uh I think I, I'm more of the wild card that will pick random stuff like that and go with maybe a little bit more of a riskier, selection but anyway i'm enjoying it so far it's good
0: well i'm glad we're uh everyone's on the fan dual train sponsors of the locked on centers podcast uh partnership with tsn it's it's tough sledding uh sports gambling once in a while here but uh matt i want to go back just for people that maybe don't know you talked about you're working with the telestrator do you want to tell the people what that is and how that's going to help you out
2: yeah, well, I mean, you. So when you're in Toronto at the studio, so sometimes it's Pounder or MJ or Poulet, whoever. Um, you have the you have the ability to sort of add a little color to your breakdowns, right? So you can highlight players. You see all the fancy graphics on the screen. Um, it just adds another element to your breakdowns, and you're not a slave to the to the timeline, so to speak, right? So if I'm doing a breakdown and I decided you know through the producer that i wanted to cut this play and this play and this play i have no control from where i'm doing it in ottawa as far as stopping and pausing it and and adding some you know flair to the clip so uh, i'm just sort of doing it on the fly as the as the the clips are rolling in i'm trying to keep up with them and then maybe i'm a little long on one of my points and the next clip's already coming in now so there's there's a dynamic to it and then of course you're doing it on live tv right so there's you have to do it within a time constraint and uh, the producers in your ear letting you know, okay, wrap it up. You've got 20 seconds, wrap it up. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it was a really good plan. You know, so it just, uh, it can get messy at times, but I'm having a blast doing it. I think for me, more importantly right now, the challenge for me versus some of these other guys is they're constantly getting reps in, whereas, you know, I'll be on hiatus for two weeks until my next game. And then I'm kind of coming in and I'm, I'm all nervous all over again, versus maybe when you have a nice little cluster of games you kind of get into the flow. You guys know what it's like when you're doing the podcast. You you start flowing a little bit. Your memory's fresh. Um, so I, I don't have that, you know, that ability right now. But it's again, those are just stupid excuses. I'm still having a blast doing it.
0: Yeah, we love seeing you on uh, any broadcast we can get, especially here with us on the lockdown On Centers podcast. Now, I want to ask you: the Sweden trip is coming up here, and the Sweden <laughs> trip brings back. A mixed bag of emotions for Sens fans, mostly not good ones. Uh, now, obviously, you weren't on the team that went to Sweden, but a bunch of guys you played with, buddies of yours, were on that trip.
2: I've gone over. I played with. I played with Columbus. We've gone. We oh, went okay. to Stockholm and played against the Sharks for two games. So you weren't
1: on I, the trip, Matt. No,
2: I, you're right. I stand corrected. No, Pilsy. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't get your question properly there. No, you're right. Okay. I wasn't on the trip. That but, was another disaster. I'm assuming yeah, but, you want my thoughts yeah. on that.
1: What happened off the ice? Did something happen to tear this team apart? Because they came back and lost about nineteen to twenty-one. No, you
2: know what? It's uh, I can't like I can't speak to that specific disastrous trip. That obviously was not good. Um, I'm always weary about you know leaving a quarter of the way into the season or you know twelve games into the year or whatever it yeah, may be. I it mean, it makes like with with us, it made sense because we went over there. Um, for our first two games of the season, so right after training camp, you know, you, you head over, you play your games, you come back home, and they had it staggered enough that it wasn't interfering too much with the regular season. Like my issue right now, you look, and I was having a great chat with Jamie Baker um, during the game yesterday about this. Why schedule wise, and I'm sure there's a legitimate reason for it, but why do they have all these gaps? I've never seen a softer schedule to start the season with all these, you know, three day, four four day breaks between games and then you go to Sweden so where are you getting the break obviously you're not going to be getting one anymore any, like so, I guess sorry let me rephrase that you're going to get a brutal schedule coming off of Sweden now when you're coming back home where I mean I looked I think it was March uh, they're playing pretty well every other day or every we three talked days. about it last, uh,
0: last yeah so I, I don't know yep.
2: I, I just I'm not a fan of it um, but I understand it's part of growing the game it's, re- it's a really cool experience heading over there. Um, I just don't like the fact that they're doing it, you know, a month a month and a half into the season. To me, that that's all backwards.
0: I think just quickly, Ross, I'll jump in here. Uh, I think the NHL is still doing their like bye weeks for each team, right? Where each team gets a long stretch of time off. The Senators, yep. theirs is February, the first week of fe- what well, I mean, first couple weeks of February from first to the ninth. The Senators don't play a single game. So I think right. that's when the Sens break is.
2: But you couple you couple that with the, like like an All-Star break, just as an example. I know it's not a bye week where you get the, you know, six or, I or guess, seven is days. Is that the
0: All-Star break? Pardon? It's got to be. It's got to be the, the All-Star, All-Star break? break. Yeah. It's got to so, be. Yeah. So,
2: but my point is, I mean, they've already had a couple of those segments that are unheard of during the regular season as far as, you know, not playing for four days or five days. I mean, that was outrageous. So. I, anyway, I, I've got strong opinions there, but I'm not in charge of the schedule. And I know it's an absolute nightmare for the NHL to coordinate that with all the overseas trips that you're seeing. I think some teams are even, are they already gone to Australia. I mean, forgive me if I'm. That was I'm in wrong. the preseason. That was yeah, in the they preseason. They went to Australia. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, the, the league is trying to expand, and I understand that. I just, for the Ottawa Senators right now, especially the way they're playing at the moment, um, you know, definitely a couple flags
1: just feels like the last thing they need is uh, to waste Honestly. two home games but some season ticket holders might say hey i saw five straight losses get them out of here for- but you know
2: what it can only get better ba- like you know th- there's a saying in hockey right like in you know when 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 things are going really poorly and i don't know if it still applies but and, and I don't even know if it's still effective. But you know, usually things aren't going well. You great get the group together and you go on a bender. You just you 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 absolutely send it one night on the road. Love it. Green you, light. you might forfeit the following night, but that almost never happens. Typically speaking, when you do go on a, a bit of a you know a night out, so to speak. Um, it usually just galvanizes the group a little bit. It sounds insane, but it's it's just you're bonding, right? And guys are having a blast together. Some of the quieter players on the team typically that don't usually say anything, which are usually the Europeans or somebody from Russia, will typically just open up all of a sudden and some crazy bullshit happens that night. And everyone's laughing and guys are skating guilty the next day. And some guys are puking. I mean, we had an experience. Um, we were in Nashville for... I think we were in Nashville for a rookie party when I was with the Sens. And I can remember, like they had to bring a puke bucket out. Like it was basically just a huge garbage uh, garbage uh container that was in the hallway. They had to bring it out to the bench. I was keeled over for a moment there. Guys were falling everywhere on the ice. We ended up winning that game. So I mean uh, which was which was the following night, of course. You're not drinking the night before the game. So you find a little sweetheart part of your schedule. You have a good time, you recover the next day, probably gonna skate to get it out. And then you play the following day. So I almost feel like this Sweden trip might present an opportunity there.
0: Did did you notice throughout your the span of your career that the shift in guys hanging out and being together and bonding after games did that kind of like thin out as you you got older and kind of this new age of NHL players coming in? Like at the start of your career, I feel like that was still a time where it was you know classic hockey boys going out for beers after and stuff and then there there was like a sweet spot where players started taking this really seriously and I feel like they they don't do that anymore like you can correct me if you're wrong like has the did that switch kind of happen during your career and did you notice that I think I think it's just I mean
2: well I don't know I mean this this again this is just my opinion there might be a, a legitimate reason for it but um, you know, the game's just gotten so quick and yeah. there's so much emphasis on training now. And exactly. I mean, I've never been a big drinker. I was always kind of, I'd, I'd get the gears from my teammates for being kind of lame. I wanted to go home, uh, once in a while when, the, you know, any blue moon, I'd probably send it pretty hard, but, um, yeah, well, I, there that, had, there,
1: go ahead. You were, you were name dropped by, uh, by Craig Anderson during his press conference that you, Nealer and, and Andy were famous for the early dinners. The five Oh
2: yeah, but that's different. Early that's, very special. So that would be like a night on the road, right? Where like, you know, the night before a game, you'll land in Pittsburgh or Washington at 4 p.m. And then you get to the hotel. And I never understood just sitting in your hotel room, hungry, twiddling your thumbs only to eat late and then get back to your room. And it's like 11 o'clock and you can't watch much TV. You got to go to bed. So, I I, And I'm a little nuts. I still am kind of like that. Where like I ha- I'm so structured, and I have to eat between like you know five thirty and six thirty or something, and I like to get to bed early. But I was like that when I played too. I was so routine oriented that it trickled into my off ice habits as well, obviously. And um, but I found a good crew. Bobby was one of the guys too. Uh, Chris Neal, obviously Andy, Zach Smith sometimes would come and go because I, I I remember this one time um, I went out with with Eric and Dion. And it was like an eight o'clock reservation. It was just absurd. And we were in like Calgary or something. And all I could think, you know, like we're getting there. And by the time you sit down. Calling the,
0: an eight o'clock reservation absurd is also it, hilarious. Well, I mean, the, the night
2: before a game. The night before a okay. game, right? Okay. And and like, you know, they're ordering a bottle of wine. And all I could think was like, shit, man. Like I could be in my hotel room right now. <laughs> on the on the bed, renting a movie. Like just maybe order some room service, a late night snack, some yogurt. Anyway, I, I've never been a fan of that. So, so back to our original point. I do think the game's changed. I think it's changed for the better. But I will say this, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I, I'd like to hear your 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 uh, your angle. I had a discussion with Brass the other day. I think it was Brass, and we were talking about how some the game's kind of changing now in that you're not getting the same hate on anymore between teams the, the rivalry is getting sucked out. I don't know if we talked about this on the last podcast. Well,
0: look but, at the last Leafs game, Matt, the Ross and I talked about it. There was so, no bite to that game.
2: That's what I mean. So we talked yeah. about the battle of Ontario and listen, I'm not advocating for fighting. I like, like I, I am so happy that gone. Um, I, as far as like the, the goons just squaring off, which, you know, guilty side of me enjoyed it as far as, far as an entertainment point of view goes, but it, I mean, I never saw the value in it, right? It was just, it was theatrical. But, um, you know, I just remember back, like, some of those playoff series, like, recent memory, trying to think back to, like, you know, like, the Pittsburgh and Philly series when Giroux was there and and the rival rivalry between Claude and Sydney, and then you had, like, Talbot and some other pests involved. Like, I miss those days, right? Like, you look forward to those games, and the Battle of Ontario is no different. So, right now, even if Ottawa does turn into a good team, which it should be now, I don't see that rivalry happening the way it could potentially be, right? So I kind of I, I feel like, you know, you got to be careful when you're trying to improve the game, so to speak, from a good place, and you're eliminating fighting or you're you're tightening up some of the physical rules. You can't box out at net front. You can't do all some of those little elements that are slowly kind of seeping out of the game. It's inadvertently affecting the product on the ice, good or bad, depending on what your your stance is. Yeah. I miss the rivalries. I miss between whistles. Um, I feel like it's hurting the game a little bit. That's just my point of view.
1: And we'll get more of that point of view coming up after a quick word. We're also going to talk about the three words that Mess said. How to improve. How to improve. The Senators need all of that and more. We'll get back to that next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our
0: friends over at Parkview Advance. Guys, as a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind. But that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital from $5,000 all the way to $1.5 million. Parkview Advance can improve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you might imagine. That's got to be a relief. We invite the many entrepreneurs that are Locked On Senators fans to learn more by calling at 203-675-0071 or head to the website at parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, you know who to call. Call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance helping businesses with their working capital. Go to the website parkviewadvance.com. Check it out, guys.
1: Parkview Advance. Today's episode is also brought to you by Collective. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one, but you still need a CPA, bookkeeper, separate payroll solution, and more. So let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of business. If you're running a business of one, you're wearing many hats in your day-to-day. And with Collective, bookkeeping and accounting do not need to be one of them. You can start saving thousands of dollars and hours of time by letting Collective handle your business's paperwork. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that let you focus on your passion, not your paperwork. So let Collective handle all the paperwork that you dread. Corporate formation and compliance taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. The best part, it's at a fraction of the cost of a CPA. So join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with their structure. Right now, Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you collective.com slash locked on NHL and let them know. That Locked On NHL sent you. All right. Locked on senators. It's a Friday afternoon heading in to Remembrance Day weekend. Shout out to all the troops out there and everyone who served. Matt, that that jersey is all time right there. <laughs> this is a this is a must watch episode too. Love the poppy on there, too. Where'd you get that sweater?
2: So, um, yeah, this was my dad's old hockey sweater when he played. So my dad was an absolute maniac when he played, okay? Grew up on a farm in St. Bernadette, which is about an hour east of Ottawa. Uh, They were a big dairy farm. Um, And uh, so he never played organized sports. They didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, He was an athlete in high school. So when he finally joined the police, I think he he got on at like 18 or 19 years old uh, with the Ottawa police, joined the hockey team right away, and uh, was given this sweater. And obviously, he was the captain and wore number three. You can see it on nice. my back there. So, um, you know, one day, I think over the last year, so he's slowly kind of offloading a lot of his old memorabilia, old pictures of myself that he maybe had with um, back at the house. And the jersey kind of fell in the pile. He, he handed it over to me as well. So anyway, this is the first time I've ever worn it. I saw it hanging on my rack where I've got all my old jerseys. And I thought, I'm going to wear it today. So here we are.
1: You always bring the heat with the the outfits too, so we appreciate that here for the YouTube viewers. Like and right on, you got it.
0: Uh, I love. Uh, we got Ottawa Fire representation on the podcast with the helmets coming up now. Ottawa love Police, uh, love that. We got to get the paramedics in the mix here. I guess that would Absolutely. be the, the trilogy. Absolutely.
1: So let's get to those Ottawa Senators. We mentioned off the top, you're in the building. I started the last segment asking Pillsy how he's feeling going into the weekend. What was the vibe you got either from talking to Sens fans in and around the rink or from what you saw in that 60-minute loss to the Vancouver Canucks?
2: Oh, boy. Um, I Well, you know, I happen to be in the building, as you guys just mentioned, so I really got a good feel for... Um, what the fans were, f- you know, feeling what the emotions were like in the building, and um, they drew a good crowd. I mean, last night I was surprised early on when I got there. I had to get there early. We had a sports center hit at like five forty-five, and I, I was looking around, and you know, and even even closer to warm-up, the building wasn't that full yet. Of course, totally forgot it's a weekday, and it takes time for people to get to the rink. Weather wasn't great, but in any case, a lot of fan support yesterday, um, and we knew Ottawa was going to start slow, or at least you know, the legs would be fatigued. It was an emotional win in Toronto, you know, coming off the heels of the bold comments from from Kachuk and Giroux. And some people downplay it, call it a nothing burger. I still think it means something because I've been there. I know what it's like to put that pressure on yourself, you know, through the media when you make some comments and then having to back it up, you know, the next game. I thought, I'll say this, this is this will be as, as transparent as I can be. Uh, and I'm not saying this for for clicks and likes and being dramatic, I won't be dramatic. Looking at that, the start. You know, I I agree with Ottawa going with Forsberg. I know people were kind of hit or miss on that. I know Simmer was pretty vocal about um, going with uh, Corpusallo again. You know, MJ made a really good point. You know, if you look statistically at the numbers throughout the NHL and you're incorporating that sports science, it was a no brainer to go with the backup. He needed looks. And you know, you don't want to injure Corpusalo either. You don't know what he's feeling that none of us know. He might be tired. He's just not vocalizing that through the media. So, anyway, Forsberg made a terrific save. Like he was, he was flanked early on, right? There were there were pucks coming at him right, right away there. There was about three shots in the first minute. Um, and they were high danger shots. The first goal, the one that was controversial, that was called a goal after they reviewed it. Poor sword out there between Chickren and, and, and JBD. Rush is coming into the zone. JBD was kind of floating in the middle. There wasn't sure where he had to be. You never backdoor your goaltender. That is like that is like rule number one as a defenseman when there's a rush, or whether it's a two on one or a three on two. You never backdoor them. Give them the shot on the outside. Give them the high shot maybe through traffic if you're in that lane. Never allow them on the backdoor. So there was a little miscommunication. They get sort. They get a little mixed up. Um, was it Besser? Yeah. Brock's all alone on the backdoor. He puts it away. Not long after that second goal, I don't need to break that one down. Tim Stutzler makes a little bit of a mistake there on the wall. He doesn't belong there in the first place. You can tell he's uncomfortable. Goes to the backhand, can't do that. And then Mikheyev's all alone at net front. Okay, maybe you asked for a save there, but when the guy's in prime territory, right there in the slot, below the hash marks, he went five holes, a slick goal. Give him that one. Ottawa wasn't necessarily in terrible shape. Zub ties that thing up, I think at the start of the second period, right? And then finally, this is the last goal I'll talk about. The third Vancouver goal, um, it was that Giuseppe kind of challenges JBD going into the zone on that three-on-two, sort of off a a quick transition, and then makes the drop pass. They end up scoring on that. Maybe you get a save there, maybe not. I don't know. I think for me right now, just to kind of conclude my thoughts there, they need better goaltending. They're not doing their goalies any favors right now. Uh, but there was a lot of emphasis during the broadcast. I heard Jamie talk about it a quite a bit about just just needing saves. I mean, and MJ talked about it quite a bit in the morning on T- on 1200 as well, where you know you just a lot of teams are dealing with some goalie issues right now. Edmonton's no exception to that. But you're not asking for a guy to stand in his head, but it's your job as a goaltender to come up with the odd big save, right? That's just your job. You're in the National Hockey League. Players are so good now; they're so skilled. They're going to get those opportunities. So, I. Bashing a goaltender, or you know, you know, being very critical of them is not something I'm ever comfortable in doing. I, I think collectively as a fan base, we can all agree they need some more consistency back there. Uh, but you know, it's I think big, you know, bigger picture. Um, it 's a defensive issue right now, and I know people were harping on that a lot last year i 'm seeing it right now for sure. I thought that that was more of a personnel thing last year they didn 't have chickren they had some injury issues on the back end. They are really thin uh, but now i 'm starting to scratch my head and I know that we 're seeing some of those defensive woes coming from the forward group as well when they 're coming back into the zone there 's just they just look disjointed and they 're not uh, the structure's not there. You saw it with Vancouver you 're not seeing it with the Ottawa Senators.
0: How demoralizing is it, Matt, when you play a game like this, you just come off a big win against the Leafs, it's a back-to-back, you're back home now, you're up against a red-hot Vancouver team. You out shoot them 30 to 16. But like you mentioned, the Vancouver Canucks, they capitalize on those high danger scoring opportunities. Does that, and I know most of your uh, time in Ottawa, you're dealing with Andy as your goalie, and uh, you guys obviously had a good relationship. But yeah. do those kinds of things start to create separation between the goalies and the defense and maybe the forwards? Like, Do those kinds of things happen where it's like, we're not happy with the goalies, but we're not about to go uh, and blast them in the media or something. But yeah, it's I, I got to feel like there's some sort of tension that happens when nights like this go on.
2: There could, there could be. I, I'll i say this. You never, ever, under any circumstance, throw your goalie under the bus to the media, right? It's yeah. such a mental position. Um, well, I, I you know, I go one further. You never throw any of your teammates under the bus. If anyone's going to do that, it's either your general manager or your head coach, right? Yeah. Um, or maybe your captain. I don't know. But um, typically speaking, yeah, I mean, guys are still going to have their backs. I, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, you, it's hard to hold them accountable because you can't, even as a coach, even if you're Zach Burke, like there's only so much you can say, you can work with them, but you're not going to sit them down and you know give them a tongue lashing and tell them how awful they were. I mean, I'm not there. I don't know what kind of relationship the goaltending coach or the jet or the head coach has with his goalies. But I think there, there is a bit of a tension there because when you start losing trust in your goaltender, it can affect your game and how you approach the game, right? So, you know, the way you're 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 when you're on the ice and you know the top lines out there, maybe you're going to be sagging back a little bit more. It's sub, it's, you know, it's, it's subconscious. You're not really actively trying to have poor gap, but I think when you know your goalie's struggling, you're, you almost start kind of collapsing a little bit more at the goal, at the goal front. Right. And so I, I don't know right now I'm at, I'm at a loss, you know, I, I think as an analyst and you, for you guys as well, you're trying to dissect, you're trying to look for trends, you know, for a little while it was, you know, guys were on top of Thomas Shabbat and Drake Batherson and, you know, Eric Brancher at times, and there's always a whipping boy. There's always someone you're looking for to criticize. But I think, honest to God, I think at this point, this this comes down to your leadership group. You know, like they have to try to figure out the best way to get as much as you can out of that group. And half the time, that's just leading by example. And if you know, if you're Brady Kachuk or Claude Giroux, or and I'm only name dropping the top guys because they can handle it. If you're seeing them play and they're not coming back all the way, and I'm not saying that those guys aren't doing it, I'm just using them as examples. If they're not doing the job and you're a second year player sitting on the bench and you're seeing it, you know, it it can it can have an effect on the rest of the bench, right? So for me, it's like, yeah, you can do these, 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 you know, player meetings in the room where everyone's sitting, these player only meetings after after a bad game. I don't know how effective that is. I think ultimately it's holding each other accountable that starts with your general manager trickles down through your coaching staff and then your leadership group and at the end of the day just to touch on the Vancouver game quickly i mean that that was a good hockey team i mean it's unfortunate that you know things all these rumors are swirling and then they make a couple bold comments and now all of a sudden everyone's like well show me what you can do well they did that in toronto i think it's unfair to um to assume that they could follow that up with another huge win against vancouver i think everything was going against ottawa going into that game and i'm not giving them up excuses I will say this, Calgary is a perfect time right now. As a fan, if you're waiting to hold the group accountable, look at the Calgary game on Saturday. That's a good chance. They won't be tired. They'll have their legs. They will not be lacking motivation. It's a winnable game. That's a game where you can hold all the players accountable, and if they lose that game,
1: have at it. At home, nonetheless, where they've lost. Exactly. We'll get into a preview of that game next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is also brought to you
0: by our friends over at Jace Medical. Look, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up on wins and losses. Who starts, who sits. I'm thankful for the connection we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue because you can be covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or a Revatio prescription. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply, a full year on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKED ON at checkout for a discount as well. The prices are lower than local pharmacies. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medical supply, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off your purse first purchase. The Jace Medical provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form, and sometimes you can hop on a call with one of the board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. Don't get caught unprepared, guys. Everyone should feel empowered to care for themselves and loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Guys, check it out today at jacemedical.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for 20 bucks off your first purchase.
1: Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. Visit them in the heart of the Glebe, 779 Bank Street. Have a pint. Have a great time at the Glebe Central Pub. Make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. We also need to let you know that the Send Shuttle is the best way to get to and from the CTC. Leave your keys at home and let the good times roll. Head to the GCP an hour and 15 minutes before the game. The bus will leave. Sue will make sure to beat the traffic, getting to the game, and then making sure you're able to stay in your seat until the end of the game. You meet them right back at the drop-off spot, and you will get shuttled right back to the Glebe Central Pub, 779 Bank Street, $17 round trip. Get the tickets online, glebecentralpub.com. Visit them in the heart of the Glebe. Great food, great people, great drinks. It's all at the Glebe Central Pub, 779 Bank Street, in the heart of the Glebe. All right, welcome back, Locked On Senators, on the four-year anniversary of episode one. We're 914 episodes in, 3.2 million downloads. We'd be nothing without you, citizens. We just want to say thank you as we head into the final segment of the weekend before a must-win game. Pillsy, oh, dare I? We're doing it.
0: Uh, I would. I would say this is a must-win game. So what are we at, Ross, now? Two and four? There's two
1: two and four in must-win games, the Leafs game and the home opener. They get the victories, and they lose just about every other one, and some in not the best fashion either. But it's not only a must-win, but it's also an opportunity game to have a happy flight to Sweden. Yes. Math, what's the difference in in the mood? Are we talking like a 5% difference, or is it night and day?
2: (laughs) Night and day. Look, Mm. you beat Toronto you lose a game that you probably should have lost against Vancouver. I hate speaking that way, but I think you guys understand what I'm saying. And then, so, so you get the Saturday game, you get two out of three. I mean, you're struggling right now, right? Two for three is not bad. Take, just take it and run. But anytime you win a game followed by a little bit of travel, the mood is different in the plane, right? Guys are loud, boisterous. You're playing cards. They're talking shit at the poker table. Everyone's having a good time. Um, I would say if you lose that game on Saturday, it gets tight. You know, your butt puckers up a little bit more than usual. You're afraid to cross paths with the coaching staff. You're kind of keeping your head down. You don't want to get into a conversation. Um, yeah, it's, it's just that's just the dynamic of a locker room, right? And um, winning solves everything. When you're struggling as a group and there's rumors swirling, the coach might get fired or there might be a trade or whatever it may be, you win a couple games it calms the waters. The media lays off your back a little bit more us pigeons. We're not attacking the group either. We're having a good time. Everyone's happy. So I think, yeah, I mean, ultimately it comes down to that and um, but I don't know, like I watched that game again and I know I'm kind of going back to last night. Like I was pretty critical. Like the other night, I didn't see a whole lot from Brady and, and, and Batherson and Norris, you know, there's, there's some question marks there. I like what DJ did by putting that line together and, Bringing Brady down, maybe trying to elevate Norris and Batherson a little bit, get them a little bit of uh, confidence. Believe it or not, offensively, and I don't know have the numbers in front of me. I, I I liked what I saw. You know, there's a lack of finish. Like there was, there was like what three opportunities there that they legitimately had wide open cages with. Maybe well, two Batherson for sure.
0: hits the post and then Brady. Yeah, Brady had the one the on the crease, back door.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, and and I'm not just talking about the offensive stuff. Like I'm I'm watching them. You know, like I'm 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 paying. Attention to, especially with Batherson and Kachuk. I I mean, I was zeroed in on those two. I barely paid attention to the back end. I wanted to see what those forwards were doing and the effort level. I mean, you could see Brady, like he was trying so hard on those four checks, that second effort, trying to get back, get a loose puck, uh, getting the stick battle. Same with Batherson. You could tell he was trying. There was an attempt to step out of his comfort zone and play a little bit heavier. Um, I don't think he's quite there yet, but I mean, there was a lot to like there. I just think. I mean, hell, look at the shot count, right? I mean, like, they just didn't get the, – they couldn't capitalize on their opportunities. In Vancouver, after two periods, they had nine shots on net. So I know people were still really pissed off after the game. I mean, I think, you know, the, the criticism towards the coaching staff is still very fresh. But I think people have to understand this group right now. I, I understand there's, a, there's maybe a structural issue going on, maybe. But this group is trying. They're working their balls off. So I do think we have to understand – Lay off the guys a little bit. They are working their tails off right now. And I saw it yesterday in the game.
0: Uh, last night in the postcast, uh, our good pal, William's Martian, <laughs> he he mentioned, and this this plays perfectly into uh, this game up against the Calgary Flames. Jonathan Huberto, a guy coming into Calgary, things just aren't clicking for him, making a boatload of money, so much money. It's insane. And yeah. new coach in Calgary says, he's not going, I'm benching. I'm sitting him down. We saw that in Columbus. Same thing. Johnny Goudreau, huge contract. New coach comes in, sits him down for a period. We haven't really seen that type of move in Ottawa. And this I'll is a you coach. In... Okay. Okay. Go. I'll, I'll stop right there. Why haven't so, we seen that in Ottawa, Matt?
2: So, well, for, and this, this is, I mean, I understand why. Cause I mean, I, I would do the same if I was DJ. So just to, just to preface my, my point first. Right now in Calgary, you've got a new coach. They're trying to change the culture a little bit. Huberto is captain casual on the best of days, but he was playing with Barkov back in the day. He had some really good uh, teammates around him. So despite the casualness, and he's still a great player. I'm not chirping him, but that's just the way he plays. It's sort of his body language. He's not a he's not a Brady Kachuk, right? He's a big guy, maybe, but I wouldn't really still consider much of a power forward. He's just. He's one of those guys, got a nice skill set. He can dish the puck. He can finish it. But when things aren't going well as a group, those players stick out like sore thumbs. They just do. And so naturally, and, and mixed in, coupled with a relatively new coach, that's an easy play to make. You sit them, and you have a chat with them after the game. They're probably still on pretty good terms. Right now, when you're a coach, and you're on the chopping block, and you could lump a bunch of guys. It's not just DJ. You know, you look at Keith in, in Toronto. There's a lot of guys around the NHL that are dealing with this at the moment. Woodcroft. Edmonton is no stranger yeah. with Woodcroft. Right now, if you're DJ Smith, you're hanging on, right? Like you are. That's just the way it is. I'm calling it as it is. He's hanging on. If you lose your team, the best way to lose your team is to start creating some animosity between you and your leadership group. I know this is probably not breaking news for anybody. Most people... God bless the Ottawa fan base. Very knowledgeable fan base. They get it. You, if you're DJ, do you bench one of your top guys to Especially make a point right now? Especially after they have your
0: back in the media. Yeah.
2: Especially after they have your back. That was my final point. So I just don't see how you can do it. I think and and Pierre Dorian. That's not in his DNA when he was here. I could not imagine Pierre going, hey, Brady, come with me into this back room here. Let's go have a chat. And then tearing a strip off of, that's not in his DNA either. Pierre is a fan. He was a passionate guy, loves the game. He would never do that either. So, you know, I think for me, and that's where this whole GM thing comes in. It's like, I'd like to see an experienced guy come in and take over. And I don't know who that guy is right now. But if you bring in a strong presence that can bring a player in, like Brian Murray did that all the time. Well, maybe not all the time, but he did it occasionally where maybe it wasn't Paul McClain that brought you in and gave you the gears. It was probably Brian Murray. What's going on with you, Matt? What's going on right now? You're not doing it. I need more from you, you know? They don't have that right now. They don't have that voice. And DJ's certainly not going to play the bad cop. And it's unfortunate, but that's just the way this dynamic is currently at, at the
1: moment. So then how do you keep your players accountable when you've lost six of your last eight games, five straight at home? This like- is
2: what I would do. Well, I mean, I would do a few things. I would obviously have a GM in at the moment, but I understand that you can't rush that process. You want to find the right guy. So let's just pretend for a moment that that's not an option. This falls on your leadership group. This falls on Brady. This falls on Claude. Um, maybe Hammondick, maybe if he wanted to talk some sense into a defenseman, maybe. I don't know how many players would listen to him. They probably would. I know he's, he's a great dude. Go I ahead. sorry. That,
1: I believe that. But like at what point can a defenseman who's taken, what, nine minor penalties in 12 games? How can he look? That's
2: why That's like, why I said that very carefully because I probably wouldn't listen to him. No. So, you <laughs> know, I mean, you know, for me, it's like your options are limited right now. And, and so what do you do? Does Brady just have a sit down with the coach and say, listen, we need to tighten things up here. Um, it's starting to look a little casual. We're not playing well. But but my counter argument to the point I just made is that I don't think that's their problem. I don't think they're playing casual hockey. I mean, I, I mentioned it yeah. earlier. You know, I'm kind of contradicting myself here. I thought I thought the effort was there last night. And Brady, I mean, kudos to him. I mean, I he does have his defensive issues at times, but that's just me cherry picking because I'm a defensive-minded guy. I don't like sometimes the way he backchecks and comes into the D zone, but he does everything else so well. So, he's an easy target to pick right now and I'm able to pick on him cuz he's the leader, he could take it. But I thought he was pretty good yesterday given, you know, they didn't capitalize on some chances. So, who does it? Who 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 plays the bad guy? I don't know if they I don't know if they need a bad guy and this is where we're at and I'm so torn on this topic. This is the one area where I just don't have an answer and it's like what do you do? Because like, they have all the pieces, but then they start leaning on some injuries. Shabbat's out. Artem Zub missed seven games. They Pinto's not in the lineup right now. That's obviously hurting them. Alex Formington is going on there right now. That's another conversation. No media member wants to even go there. I'm not going to go there. Uh, although I've heard some stuff, it's it's not substantiated, and I just don't want to get into trouble. So we'll leave it at that. So you've got you know, a prime time Third line forward who is rotting and has been rotting overseas. You've got Shane Pinto who has been gambling illegally. He's missing 41 games. Like what? What do you do? And it, coupled with injuries, I, I, it's just it's so freaking disappointing because I think everybody was just had these high expectations and hopes, and all those dreams have been dashed over the course of that first month. Which, by the way, was a very easy freaking schedule. Ten yeah. games, give or take, in that first month and they just didn't capitalize on it. It was a gift.
1: So here we are. Here we are. What a perfect place to go into the weekend. Math, we're excited to watch the game with you tomorrow and get your thoughts throughout. Everyone already knows they can get those at MarkMathot3 on Twitter. We always appreciate you, man. 16-time recurring guest. So thank you very yes. much for joining us. Pillsy. any final thoughts as we head into the weekend? Uh,
0: let's go ahead and win this game in Calgary. That's my final thoughts
1: against Calgary. I know it's a home game five straight. Oh blocks. yes, it's true. We don't I like. I wish
0: it was on the road. Jeez.
1: That's where the boo birds out last night in Ottawa. Uh, there were
2: they the shades nothing. Perhaps it, it was it was so I caught it at the end right because I was listening and I'm sitting up there in that booth. Um, the back-breaking goal, the fifth goal. Yeah, but then the last right at the buzzer you could tell fans were torn now that's why i love ottawa fans because we're so we're such conservative fans right i mean you don't always get a lot of emotion but they're still very passionate when the games matter so you could hear a few boo birds but then it almost it's almost like a switch went on and everyone just stopped so that was kind of refreshing i think people kind of caught themselves because the team i mean they worked their best it was a bad it was a brutal back to back against a really hot team that has been setting franchise records since game 1 this season so it is what it is
1: all right, brother. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Sounds good, boys. Thanks.
1: That's Mark Mathot with Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the four-year anniversary edition of the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day.